WBNE. Hello, and welcome to episode 44, all about the muster of Rohan. Chapter 3, book 5 of the two... Nope. (laughs) Hello, and welcome to episode 44, all about the muster of Rohan. Chapter 3, book 5 of The Return of the King, being the 44th part of That's What I'm Talking About. My name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC. And today I'm joined by Emmy Neal of So You Want to Read Tolkien, the third and final co-host of the podcast now to join uh, That's What I'm Talking About as a guest. Welcome, Emmy. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yes, I think it was Rachel who said, she was like, yeah, we're like Pokemon. You got to get us all. And and now I did. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> you did it. You collected all the cards. Yes. How are you faring during all of this insanity? I feel bad about how well I am doing, but you know, I get to like go to bed at two o'clock in the morning and wake up at 11, which is my ideal state mm-hmm. Um, instead of, you know, getting up at seven to go to work. I don't know. It's going well. I've baked a lot of bread. I've yeah. been reading a lot of Lord of the Rings, so it's been good. Yeah, good. Yeah, I'm. I'm like kind of in a similar boat where I'm like, you know, I mean, definitely there are moments, several moments throughout the day where I'm like, ugh, I really, I just want to go to Target right now, or you know, so, <laughs> like I just, I just want to leave and go do something, but I can't. But most of the time, I'm like, I don't know. It's pretty good. I get to, I get to read. I get to play video games. I've baked a lot. This past weekend, I I made some banana bread for my parents' uh, wedding anniversary. And I went over to their house to bring it to them. And before I even like said anything, my mom was like, oh, I'm glad you're here. I have something for you. And she also pulled out banana bread. <laughs> and oh my we just, gosh. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> And she's like, oh, well, I was what? like, I also have banana bread for you. She's like, oh, well, mine's mine's the chocolate chip banana bread. So mine's more like a cake. It's OK. And I was like, no, I, I also made chocolate chip banana bread. <laughs> so you are very clearly related. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried making lame bus bread a couple weeks ago with a recipe that I got off of TikTok. And um, I was going to say, I saw a recipe for it, but I haven't tried it yet. It looked not great. It How was, was it? How well, did it turn out? So the recipe I used, uh, I think it was, I think it was just like a shortbread recipe. It was very, like, it tasted great. However, I'm just not culinarily inclined. I don't even know if that's like a word, but like, I'm very challenged <laughs> in the kitchen. And so I was like trying to roll the dough out and knead it into a cohesive like ball of dough, and it was just crumbling everywhere. I didn't have a rolling pin. So I used, uh, I had a, I have a steel water bottle. So I used that and then it stuck to the water <laughs> bottle because I didn't flower the water, but it was, it was a mess. And I was like, was I, a can't, struggle. I can't do this. <laughs> it tasted okay though. So <laughs> hey, I guess as that's long what, as it tastes good. I know. Right. The only problem I, is that. I need that to bake something other than bread. I, I don't think I have like the patience for bread because as I understand it from, I've also started watching The Great British Bake Off and. Hey, me too. Oh, good show. Good show. <sighs> and then Emmy and I talked a lot about The Great British Bake Off. We talked about Mel and Sue and how wonderful they are and how there's a dark 
underbelly to the Great British Bake Off. It's all very shocking. For time constraint reasons, I had to cut this. I have to cut a lot of other audio and content for each episode, which you can find and get access to by becoming a member on Patreon of the Elevensies tier. Go to patreon.com slash Pod to become a member of that tier or any other tiers and get access to extra content. But okay, wait, we're on the muster of Rohan, which I actually love this chapter. So I was really excited to get to talk about it. Okay, good. Because when I finished it, I was like, hmm, this is kind of a filler chapter. (laughs) Like, it It is. But definitely uh, Tolkien getting us from point A to point B in the story. Because Tolkien is Tolkien. He can't just be like, three days later, Theoden and everyone from Rohan showed up in Minas Tirith. He has to like show how they got there, you know? (laughs) It's not as simple as like... It was a long three days journey, but then they made it. There has to be like all the stuff of Mary being sad and then hungry again. And then they have to tell the legend of the paths of the dead and they have to disrespect Eowyn again. Oops. Um, More anger about Eowyn is going to come through in this chapter, listeners. I apologize, but I also don't apologize. No, don't apologize. She deserves better. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of backstory in this, right? They talk about the paths for the dead and the story behind them. And my co-host Caitlin calls it aft shadowing, right? Like unlike foreshadowing where you predict something that's coming, Tolkien in this chapter and a bunch of chapters that follow does aft shadowing where he explains things that happened previously in a way that like you wish you had that context before. This would have made so much sense. Oh my God, that's amazing and also perfect it's exactly what he does oh that's but I think so one of the good. reasons i love this chapter is because it has so many good quotes oh so many good quotes in this chapter yeah definitely uh especially because like i'm an aries slytherin so like <laughs> i usually like the more the macabre things in life and so when there are these like dark lines about like and dawn never came and a shadow forever rose over the land and i'm like that's amazing that's <laughs> like great. i'm here for eternal night yeah exactly See, okay so i think it's on page one actually is probably my favorite quote of the chapter it's from mary's point of view he's talking about you know the like seventeen thousand years it's going to take them to go through this mountain because they've got to move the army like one person at a time <laughs> and he says he loved mountains or he had thought he loved them marching up on the edges of stories brought from far away, but now he was borne down by the unsupportable weight of Middle Earth. And first off, there's a moment of foreshadowing there, but like, I love that idea mm. of like mountains on the edge of stories like you've always had them in your imagination and this is what it's like in real world yeah yeah it also it kind of parallels to what Sam and frodo go through it's in i think it's the second to last chapter of two towers Sam and frodo have this conversation about like wow when when we used to hear all of these stories in the shire about people who go off on grand adventures and their their heroes and everything you never really think about what it's like to to actually be in the story and to be experiencing all of those hardships. And and now that we're doing it, it kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it anymore. It's not such a good story. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I keep wanting to call I keep wanting to call this chapter the mustard of Rohan. <laughs> <laughs> so like if I accidentally say that, that's why. 
Yeah, so it start yeah, it starts off with Mary and well, at first I thought it was going to be back with Pippin and everyone in Minas Tirith because in the very first like two sentences it says it's kind of describing what Pippin is doing at that time and then it jumps back to Mary. And so I was a bit confused about halfway through where I was like, "Oh, they're in Minas Tirith now, right?" And then like Eowyn showed up and I was like, "Oh, I guess they're not in Minas Tirith because I thought they were. I thought they had met up with with Pippin and or they were going to meet up with Pippin and like that's why he introduced Pippin first in the chapter. I think it was just supposed to be like you know what Pippin's doing and at the same time this is also happening because they can't do that with Frodo and Sam. Yeah, here's what his other half is Speaking doing. Speaking of which, Mary has a moment to be like. Oh, I hope Pippin's okay, and Aragorn and Legolas and Gimli, they've gone off on this, like, awful, (laughs) perilous journey. And it says, then suddenly, like a cold touch on his heart, he thought of Frodo and Sam. (laughs) I am forgetting them, he said to himself reproachfully, and yet they are more important than all the rest of us. And I just, I love that they finally get, like, a mention, because... Throughout all of Two Towers, basically, there's very few moments where the rest of the gang is like, hmm, I wonder what our dear pals Frodo and Sam are doing right now. And it's like, yeah, oh, nope. geez. <laughs> oh, so he finally remembers them. They're the quote unquote fellowship, but they don't spend a lot of time thinking about each other. You know, they're fellows who are off on all perilous journeys. That's true. Yeah. I don't think... At any point when it's from, like, Aragorn, Legolas, or Gimli's perspective, or even, like, I don't know, Gandalf's perspective. Not that we ever really get Gandalf's perspective, but um, it's very rare, rare where it's like, and then Aragorn wondered what became of Frodo and Sam. All of the he- the <laughs> big people are, are like, yeah, this is great. We're fighting a war. And then every now and then Pippin and Merry will be like, I hope my friends are okay. <laughs> Which is just They're their- so soft. Their their hobbit hufflepuffy nature. I would agree. So this chapter they are traveling to I don't know because I could not locate it on the map. And it makes me so Harrowdale. mad. It makes me so mad when Tolkien's like, they went to Harrowdale and then it's not on the map. And I'm like, okay, I don't know where you are. It was very important, except yeah, so Harrowdale is is the home of Dunharrow Hall, which is um I mean, where Theoden is is camping out. I'm assuming it's a fort. I feel like they said that, but I don't have it written down anywhere. Okay. Uh, So everybody else is stuck outside and Theoden gets a roof. Through my map now. See, this is what's confusing is that, so they just came from Helm's Deep or they're coming from there. Mm -hmm. On one of my maps, it looks like they went past Edoras in order to go to Dunharrow. And I thought they were, they end up at Edoras later. So it's like, why, why wouldn't you just go to Edoras? It looks like you, you do a lot of like backtracking the way that this map is laid out. So I don't know. It makes no sense. It's just one of those times where I'm just like, I just have to not care about where they are. Because so, I don't know. yeah, the way, well, it's the mountains too, which doesn't help at all. But, um, the way I see it from Helm's Deep, right, you either cut across the Westfold Plains to get to Edoras, or you go through the mountains to get to Dunharrow. Um, and I think they took the mountain path because they wanted to hide the army from the orcs that they knew were spying on Rohan. Hmm. 
Did I make that yeah, up? Yeah, that's it. I'm no, sure that's, that's what a, happened. Hey, your your guess is as good as mine. That's you know it's like <laughs> all right. I'm as at long a as point, we're all lost together. <laughs> I'm at a point where I'm like, you know what? That sounds that sounds right. Let's go with that. <laughs> that happens to me a lot too. There are a lot of details that that I miss, especially when it's like he's describing the landscape and them going from one point to them traveling, and it's just a lot of like I I get very thrown off when there's just like a bunch of names in one paragraph. Yeah, there's a lot of geography. So mm-hmm. we do the best we can. So they reach Dunharrow, Harrowdale. Sure. They reach one of those places. Harrowdale's in Dunharrow. Both of those places, in fact. Okay, So great. Harrowdale is the Great Valley okay. between the mountains. And I believe Dunharrow is like the town, the fort that's in it. So, yeah. Because there's like a chief okay. of Harrowdale. So I'm pretty sure Dunharrow is not the actual town itself. Okay, all right. So point is, they get there. <laughs> they made it. And they speak to, uh, I guess, a guard or someone who says that like, oh, yeah, a couple days ago, Gandalf came by on his really cool horse shadow facts. <laughs> I just, I love this where they're like, yeah, Gandalf told us to do all of these things. And we did them because it says Gandalf spoke with great authority. And I just love that it was like Gandalf came in hot and fast, very sure of himself, told them what to do, where he was like, uh, turn off all of the lanterns because now you're just drawing attention to yourself. Help is already on the way. And just like prepare for battle, like telling them like what to do next. And they were like, yeah, we just assumed that he was like, this was word from you. And Theoden's like, yeah. Sure, even though it wasn't really his directions, but he he still, he trusts Gandalf now, so. Oh, yeah, no, Dunhir is basically very much just like, was that, was that right? Was that what you wanted us to do? Because we, we did it. He seemed yeah. pretty sure. Yeah. And Theoden's just like, hands in the air, like, fine, I guess, yeah. yes. <laughs> I know, I love that. I thought that exchange was fantastic. Yeah. Um. I just love hearing other people talk about Gandalf when Gandalf isn't there. Um, Because in the in when he's Gandalf the Grey, a lot of times it's like, yeah, man, we we hate Gandalf. He's obnoxious and he's awful, and he comes in here and he steals our horses all the goddamn time. Can't stand (laughs) him. And then now as Gandalf the White, it's like. I mean, he seemed very sure of himself, so so we just listened to him without question. Oh, yeah. No, you know what else we got to talk about? About Dunharrow? Because, or Harrowdale, I guess, in general, is the creepy statues. Yeah, what the, <laughs> what the what? heck is that up, is so that, is up with there that? Are, I mean, they're standing stones is sort of what I'm picturing, like the size of Stonehenge standing stones. I say that, I've never been to Stonehenge, but like taller than a normal person. Sure. And they're of the Pucklemen? How did you pronounce that in your head? Because I didn't listen to an audiobook, so. Oh, that's right. Because <laughs> I was like, that sounds like puke. Pukelman. Yeah. Pukelman. Puke. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's I have real no cr- idea. This is when I thought they were like entering Minas Tirith because Minas Tirith has that like very structured. That's true. Switchback. Like, design of it. So when he started describing it, I was like, oh, obviously they're in Minas Tirith, right? I don't need to read this description. I already know what Minas Tirith looks <laughs> like. And then it was like, there are all these statues of people who were dead? Question mark. Like melting statues, right? Like the statues have eroded away and the eyes are hollow and Mary is the only one who looks at them. 
which is actually really sad. Like they carved these huge, gigantic, iconic works of art that are still standing to this day and no one cares. Well, I wonder if it's a situation where like everyone else has already seen them and so they're already familiar with them, whereas Mary's seeing it for the first time. So he's like, that's weird. And they're like, oh, the melting demon statues? Nah, that's just normal. That's just like what just, this place looks like. Like, yeah, picturing like a weeping angel scenario in which I yeah. cannot imagine not watching them as I pass to make sure nothing came out at me. Don't blink. Don't even blink. Blink and you're dead. I'm just Ooh, saying, that would I, would be, not, that would, I would not risk ignoring the haunted statues. Oh, that would be a good twist if like Mary turns around <laughs> and it's like, and it seemed to Mary <sighs> that the statues were a little bit closer than they had been before. That would be- And then be, I would die. Oh, oh nightmare fuel. Oh. <laughs> so they move, they move along. <laughs> they pass these- <laughs> Pukelman. Yep, something like that. Yeah. Also, I should mention that they meet and they see like thousands of soldiers, like a full army is is here and right before like Mary's eyes, kind of uh, a situation where like you can look around and be like, wow, there's a lot of people here. There's this people. <laughs> very like mighty, powerful army. Yeah, he can't count them. But I don't know if that's because Mary just can't count really that high or if it's like there are so many people that he can't count them at all because Theoden doesn't seem that impressed with how many they've gathered. Mm -hmm. I'm the kind of person where if I were to look into a like crowded room and someone was like, how many people do you think are in here? I could be like, I don't know, 550? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 30 people? I don't know. It's like it's either 50 people or 500 people. One of those two. Because I don't know the difference. Like, I don't know what, I don't know what 10 bodies in a room looks like. (laughs) Uh, especially not these days we've been home for too long this is true yeah oh also at the end of the first chapter of this book it they make a point of being like oh there were at least three thousand soldiers kind of kind of implying that like even that isn't enough because that's how big and mighty and powerful sauron's forces are going to be that three thousand soldiers isn't going to be enough to fight and they're going to need more than that. So I think that's kind of like a similar thing here where Theoden's like, maybe he's not impressed because he either he's like, yeah, this is what my army should look like. I like I this is what I expected of them. Or he's like, this is this isn't going to get us very far. We just have to like cross our fingers and hope that this massive army will defend us and we won't all die here. Yeah, but he's making plans for that. Oh, they had in. I know. Yeah, I. So throughout this chapter, there's a lot of instances of Theoden, like he said goodbye to Eowyn for what he expected to be the last time and like, like small things like that, where I'm also kind of expecting Theoden to die. I'm pretty sure that he will die just because I think he's like. He's too he's too cool to live. He's too good of a dude to, to <laughs> They've live. They've definitely like hammered that in though. Like I'm prepared to die. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. dude, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> like we get it. Stop being morbid. Speaking of deaths. So I was looking at the table of contents and reading the the titles of the chapters in this book because I was having to like plan stuff out and trying to like schedule guests and stuff. And 
One of the names of the chapters is the Pyre of Dinothor, P-Y-R-E, which is when you put a dead body on a, a boat and you ship it off and then you light it on fire ceremoniously. Very Viking. Yes, exactly. And it says the Pyre of Dinothor. I was like, okay, I'm assuming that means Dinothor dies in probably the chapter beforehand because it's a battle. The Battle of the Pel- Pelennor Fields. Yeah, also a great um, chapter. Yeah, so I was like, good job, Tolkien. And, you know, I, of course, I'm a, I'm a humble person. I like to think, no, I'm not at all. But I will, like, I will eat my words. I will admit if I was wrong when I get to that chapter, if Denethor doesn't die. But I was like, really, Tolkien? You're going to ruin your own book with the names of your chapters? <laughs> like... Can we maybe choose some better names for your for your chapters here that don't give things away? So I can tell you right now, he could not have picked a better name for that chapter. Okay. You, d- you don't right. know what's going to happen. It's going to be good. And then also, while I'm talking about the chapter titles, this is this is now my prediction for how this book will, will go, for how this thing is going to go down. Is okay. Based on the, ch- the names of the chapters in book six, it... Looks like they destroy the ring in chapter three of book six, and then it continues on for another 100 pages, which honestly, given what I know about Tolkien thus far, does not surprise me. So I will just have to see what happens, but it looks like, because the names of the chapters are the Tower of Sirith Ungol, the Land of Shadow, Mount Doom. Dun, dun, dun. And then the Field of Cormallon, sure. The Steward and the King. <laughs> I'm assuming the King is Aragorn, <laughs> given the name of the book. Many partings. I'm assuming after Aragorn has been crowned king, they all leave. Homeward and then bound. Home- homeward bound. And then the after this, the scouring, the scoring of the Shire. I don't know how to say that word. I think it's scouring. And then the Grey Havens. So just the fact that it's like many partings, homeward bound, Shire. I'm like, okay, so obviously by many partings, it's still like halfway through <laughs> ending. Anyway, so that's just like my latest update for like predictions for what's to come. But I was just... <laughs> Just laughing because Tolkien just seems to give a lot of a lot away with the names of his chapters. Yeah, he's definitely not what you would call a subtle person. You don't say. in that sense. But also, I think you've brought up a really good point that this is really a character motivated book, right? It is grounded very specifically in these points of view, and just because I mean, okay, spoiler, yeah, they're gonna destroy the ring. I think we all knew that literally. Yes, the entire point of this book forever mm-hmm. when they destroy the ring like okay it's the end of the movie but there's still like a lot to these characters that they have to go through before we can close out the story yeah yeah so in my mind now i'm relating it to how parks and rec ends <laughs> i've never um, seen that show so the like series finale it like follows each of the characters and it will it does a bunch of like flash forwards to show what they are doing with their life after like quote unquote the the like story of the show ends because these are characters that like 
we've fallen in love with and they're very likable and everyone just just loves these people and it's always you know hard to say goodbye to them so it follows and it shows like they're gonna be okay you know these two are gonna have a kid and this one's gonna this person's gonna be president or or, you know whatever and to try and like give closure so that we can feel like our characters our people are taken care of Ah, it hurts It's going to hurt so good. Um, So wait, we were at the Paths of the Dead. We took a long tangent, but we got to double back to the drama portion in which Aragorn is just so extra. Oh my God, Aragorn. He's not even here. And everybody's like rolling their eyes at him. God, yes. They meet up with Eowyn and I was like, oh my God, Tolkien, look at you, you feminist. Bringing in a female character two chapters in a row. Oh my god. Little did you know. Woman power. Wow. The future is female. <laughs> Sorry. Um, anyway, so they meet up with Eowyn and they can tell that something's wrong. And she's, this is how I'm reading it is she's playing it off that she's upset because Aragorn has gone off on this perilous journey to the paths of dead And she's upset because it's pretty much certain death. And obviously they care for Aragorn. And so she's sad because he's going to die. However, I'm reading this as if she is pissed off because she told she asked Aragorn several times to come with them. And he said no. And so that's what's actually going on in her mind is her being like, I'm going to have to bury all of this sexism and like rage against the patriarchy internally. I'm going to have to internalize all of this and bottle it up. And then at just the right moment, I will release my rage (laughs) (laughs) into the world. But anyway, so Theoden says, is all well with you? All is well, she answered. Yet it seemed to Mary that her voice belied Sure. I think that's that word. Uh, That's, yeah. Belied her. And he would have thought that she had been weeping if that could be believed of one so stern of face. All is well. It was a weary road for the people to take, torn suddenly from their homes. There were hard words, for it is long since war has driven us all from the green fields, but there have been no evil deeds. Amor says, oh, have you seen Aragorn? She said, no, he is gone. Whither did he? Oh, and she gets like dramatic. She turns and looks at the mountains. (laughs) Whither did he go? Asked Amor. I do not know, she answered. He came at night and rode away yestermorn. Ere the sun had climbed over the mountaintops, he is gone. And she said, he has passed into the shadow from which none have returned. I could not dissuade him. He is gone. And they're, yeah, they've gone off to the paths of the dead, which everyone is like, oh, crap, that's not good. Yeah. Classic move, Aragorn, honestly. There's a great moment where Mary is able to finally he's able to like sit by himself and like kind of think things through (laughs) my my notes for this are really funny because I have one bullet note that says oh poor Mary because he's sitting there he said he thinks they have all left me that now they've all gone to some doom Gandalf and Pippin to war in the east Sam and Frodo to Mordor and Strider and Legolas and Gimli to the paths of the dead so he's just like they all left me (laughs) I know Followed by one of the most Pippin, like, Hobbit thing, or who is this? Mary, one of the most uh, Hobbit things ever. This is, yeah, peak Hobbit. In the midst of these gloomy thoughts, he suddenly remembered that he was very hungry. 
Oh, I love it. Where he's like, oh, my God. And he God, goes was- in search of food. <laughs> I was so busy being sad. I almost forgot I was starving. <laughs> oh, see, and I also think of it as like, I'm dwelling on all of these super depressing thoughts. And what's also depressing is I'm hungry. I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm going to go get food uh, immediately. Oh, my God. It he's just a good egg. Me- uh, made me laugh a lot. So this is when he joins everyone as they're like having a, a feast. And this is when they go into as <laughs> as you guys call it a, a aft shadowing. Is that what it was? Yep. Yep. <laughs> and we get a moment of aft shadowing. Which is also what I refer to as a tangential history lesson where Tolkien sure. just breaks off and is like, I'm going to tell you a little history tale. <laughs> However, I don't mind it here because it, to me at least, I don't know if you got a similar vibe. It feels like they're sitting around a campfire telling a ghost story almost. Yeah, no, definitely has that vibe. And I think it's like the casual, quiet, certain death and also the eternal night hovering over them. They've got feelings. Yeah, nothing like certain death just looming over you to to add a little atmosphere, a little ambiance yep. <laughs> to your meal. So they talk about the paths of the dead because Mary has never heard of it. Theoden says, folks say that the dead men out of the dark years guard the way and will suffer no living man to come to their hidden halls. But at whiles, they may themselves be seen passing out of the door like shadows and down the stony road. And they tell this story. Oh, and then they, Eowyn mentions Aragorn. And she says, greatly changed he seemed to me since I saw him first in the king's house. Grimmer, older, fey, I thought him, and like one whom the dead call. Dun, dun, dun. Yep. Um, Again with the macabre. Yeah, and... This is what I have dubbed Aragorn's emo phase. (laughs) So in the previous chapter, he goes off by himself and like sequesters himself somewhere. And he looks into the Palantir. And in my mind, he comes out and he's like, put eyeliner on. And he's like, we have to go to the paths of the dead or else we're all going to die. And they're like, "Uh, you okay, bro? And he's like, no, we're all going to die. It's not it's not as fun for him anymore, you know? No, I do think that that, that sounds exactly like what happened. <laughs> so they start talking about this tale of the paths of the dead. And in their little like folklore, the last person who went to it was um, Baldor, son of Brigo, Bre- Brego. Brego Brego. my ego. Hey, let go my ego. (laughs) That was dumb. Yeah, so Brego and his son Baldor went there and it was guarded. There was this like old shriveled man sitting outside of it who I wonder if it was Isildur who it is. Is because I know nothing about Isildur, really, and like the okay. war and the his- the history of of like what happened to him after everything. Okay, he gets murdered. Oh, okay, then never mind. Right, he <laughs> I was. Dead. I didn't know how he died. He was definitely dead. He the the ring leaves him and he dies. That was back oh, okay. in I can't remember when. Because what we know about the paths of the dead and like this dead army is that they it was this army that was supposed to fight with Isildur and they didn't, and so he cursed them 
to never fully rest until they fought for the heir of Isildur, and that's why Aragorn went to go get them and awake them. So I thought this old man who was sitting there, because it says, um, on the threshold sat an old man, aged beyond guess of years, tall and kingly he had been, uh, but now he was withered as an, as old stone. So the fact that it said like tall and kingly, I was like, Maybe it was Isildur because it was like he was a, a man of like great importance and, and whatnot. And he's supposed and now he's sitting there as his like last, I don't know, his his last thing of being like, I'm going to stop people from going in there or something. I don't know. But now we know that theory is wrong. Absolutely. So he says this way is shut. It was made by those who are dead and the dead keep it until the time comes. That way is shut. And Baldor says, and when will that time be? And then very conveniently, this withered old man dies. Yes. Actually, in fact, face plants on the ground. Yeah, he just fall- God, yeah, love fell it. upon his face and died. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so I've Googled and the internet calls him the way is shut guy. So that's really helpful. That's good All for right, us. fantastic. That really clears it up. So what... What Tolkien just really does a lot is there are a lot of a lot of times where I'm like, maybe I'll find mo- find out more about this later. And then I never do <laughs> <laughs> where that it happened, especially I was going through maybe like old tweets or something or I don't know, something where it was the chapters with when Treebeard is introduced. And I was like, man, I can't wait for the Antwives to show up. And then it's like they're not coming. <laughs> Whoops. Ever. Oh, there was a great meme. Uh, Plug for the Facebook group. If you're not a part of it, you should go join it. Just search for That's What I'm Talking About community group on Facebook. You do have to answer questions in order to get in, but that's literally just so I can know that you're not a bot. I was going to say, wait, do they have to answer trivia questions? Is there like a threshold? No, it's like, what's your favorite Lord of the Rings character? Oh, darn. I guess that (laughs) makes sense. But anyway, someone shared and was like, since quarantine, dolphins have returned to Italy. Meanwhile, in Middle Earth, the Intwives have returned. <laughs> I knew I knew they'd show up just just when it was convenient for them, you know. It's all oh, classic. Man. Yeah, so all they know about the paths of the dead is that that way is shut and it will be shut until the time comes. And I'm assuming the time has come and that's what Aragorn is doing. So um, if not, that would be real awkward if it's not it's the true. time yet, you know? <laughs> It's true. So in the midst of this little like ghost story folklore time, a soldier of Gondor bursts in and it says, for a moment, it seemed to, this is from Mary's perspective, for a moment, it seemed to him that Boromir was alive again and had returned. And I panicked for a moment thinking that Boromir was actually alive all this time. (laughs) (laughs) If only. No, I took this moment to be both really funny, but also like the slightly racist all men look the same, <laughs> which is true. Okay, it is true. Yeah. It's just also really funny. So the, yeah, so the reason that Mary th- is like, oh my god, it's Boromir is because it's a soldier of Gondor. He's wearing the same like clothes and uniform. He has the same kind of look and build as Boromir. Um, obviously, it's not because Boromir is dead. Whoops. Um, <laughs> and he comes bearing a message of dire emergency from Rohan. Wait, no, from Gondor. <laughs> I was like, wait, <laughs> he, he? he was looking for Rohan. He I was, was like, where, for where are they? Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from? Got 
Anyway, um, <laughs> and he has a red arrow in his hands, which is a very like old message that hasn't been used in forever, which shows like how dangerous and dire the situation is that Rohan, that Gondor needs Rohan's help. Theoden says, of course, we'll help you. I'll send 6,000 of my best men and they will be there in a week. And this guy's like, we will be dead by then. So <laughs> thanks for that. I love this exchange because yeah, no, he's very much like, we'll all be dead by then. You can revenge our corpses. And Theoden's like, yeah, that's how- yeah, all right. We'll revenge your corpses. Sure. Not like, we're going to go faster so we can get there in time. He's just like, yep. Yeah. We'll it get says, there when um, we get there. A week, if it must be so, it must. But you are like to find only ruined walls in seven days from now, unless other help unlooked for still comes. Still, you may at the least disturb the orcs and swarthy men from their feastings in the, ta- in the White Tower. Ugh, racism. Yeah. <laughs> and Theoden's like, now, now, let's all let's all sleep on it, right? We'll all make better decisions in the morning. Um, <laughs> but morning never came. Dun, dun, dun. Mary goes to bed, sounding very much like a little kid, and it's like so funny and cute. I won't be left behind to be called for on return, said Mary. I won't be left. I won't. And repeating this over and over again to himself until he fell asleep at last in his tent. <laughs> poor baby. Poor, poor bud. Definitely they're gonna definitely they're gonna try to leave him behind. So close. Yeah. <laughs> I love when he shows up with the red arrow. Also because what the heck? Like, yeah, here's one symbolic red arrow. What if this messenger had been killed on the way and then they lost the red arrow? And then there was no red arrow to deliver to Theoden to signify that this message is in fact important, which like, that's just so stupid. What, Maybe. he's going to ignore every other message you send that's like, please, we need help. We're desperate. And he's like, mm, but doesn't have the red arrow. So maybe it's a red it. arrow. So that like, let's say he was on his way to Rohan and he was like, oh, my God, there's an army of orcs coming right for me. And so he shoots the arrow off. Towards Rohan. Ooh, I'm imagining it like in Hunger Games when Katniss is doing her (laughs) test and she shoots the arrow and it goes through the apple in the pig's mouth to get their attention. Thank you for your consideration. And everyone's sitting there in the tent enjoying their feast and then all of a sudden this red arrow comes like flying down and goes right into their roast ham. And they're like, oh, that's a message from Gondor. We got to go. (laughs) Totally. That sounds, yes, entirely realistic. That's what it's for. You're right. Suddenly it's not stupid anymore. (laughs) I don't know what Tolkien was was thinking here. Clearly, I I write a better version of Lord of the Rings than he did. So Indeed. Indeed. (laughs) I just like, it's a great dramatic moment. But like, if you think about it for more than two seconds, you're like, wait, this this makes no sense. That's not how politics works. I don't think he came alone. I think it was him and a group of people from Gondor, maybe. And maybe he was just the only one to come in the tent. No, he is. Yeah, but he only there's only one red arrow. This is the thing I'm fixated on. Just the one arrow. There's yeah. just the one. And they exchange back and forth. So here's the thing now. Rohan has the red arrow, which means Gondor is not allowed to like need help again until Rohan needs help oh, first. Oh, okay. I see they what take you mean. turns being in dire straits because that's how the world works it's like a iou basically yeah yeah okay i see what you mean i mean they're also at a point now where it's like it's not gonna matter 
if you don't come to fight with us because we'll all be dead and destroyed we'll dead. by then. So like <laughs> it doesn't matter who has the red arrow at that point. Like we'll we'll all be dead. <laughs> the orcs will have the red arrow, I guess, technically. Yeah, I guess. So in the morning, someone comes to wake him up and he calls him Master Hobbitla, which to me sounds like he's saying like Hobbit, like Hobbitla, um, but with like a Romanian or Russian accent or something. Hobbitla. <laughs> No, and will uh, the sun has not risen yet," said Mary. "No, and will not rise today, Master Hobbitla. Never, nor ever again. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. So I was like, okay, I'm assuming Hobbitla is like a word that they've now invented in Rohirrim for Hobbit. Yeah, Mary notes that like it's not sunrise yet, and he says, "No, and it will not rise today, Master Hobbitla. Never again. One would think, uh, n- never again. One would think under this cloud. But time does not stand still, though the sun be lost. Make haste." So they're now in this impenetrable darkness and everything is awful. Uh, Really, it sets our situation into context, doesn't it? Like, at least we have sunlight. They have eternal night. That's true. Could be worse. And no Wi-Fi. So then we get to sadness. Oh, my God. Uh, They start packing (laughs) up and get ready to go. And uh, Mary's like, I am not going to be left behind i pledged my service to you i'm going to fight i am not just a child i'm gonna fight and thaden's like okay little boy i guess you can fight eowyn you're a perfectly capable soldier you're gonna stay here well but no but right because he doesn't take mary with him uh no he does at first because they ride off and then when they get to edoras he makes Mary get off and stay there. Because he says none like none of his soldiers can bear him as a burden. Um, I release you from my service, but not from my friendship. That's uh yeah, that's later on. Um Mary insists that he's gonna come with them, and Theoden's like, okay, you can come with me for now. It's really good. Mary says, it is a long way to run, but run I shall, if I cannot ride, even if I wear my feet off and arrive weeks too late. I love that, um, like, stubborn, like, cute stubbornness of Mary. It's so sad, yeah. Being so, like, dedicated to this. And then Eowyn says that she has, like, gathered up some kind of armor for him um, because that was what Aragorn told her to do. Um, She was like, or they were like, hey, you're going to be getting a really small soldier in a couple days. (laughs) Can you try and find some adequate armor for him? Well, here's the thing. Did Aragorn ask her to do that? I don't think he did. I'm pretty sure he just (laughs) off into the paths of the dead. (laughs) Right. I don't remember him saying it, but maybe that was just something that like Tolkien didn't write him saying. Because like they sit down and they have a meal together. So maybe he mentioned it in that meal, but Tolkien didn't write that as like a piece of his dialogue. I don't know. Because Eowyn says... I will show you the gear that I prepared for you. This request only did Aragorn make to me that you should be armed for battle. I have granted it as I could for my heart tells me that you will need such gear ere the end. So it's possible that Aragorn asked. I don't think he did because as we mentioned before, Aragorn hasn't spent a lot of time thinking about the hobbits. I think Eowyn puts this together for Mary because like her, she knows that Mary desperately wants to go off to war. Oh... I mean, there's no way to know if that's true, but that's no, what I think. No, that's like a really interesting read of her. I feel yeah. so bad for her. 
I know, right. Right? She knows what it feels like to be told that she has to stay behind. And uh, yeah. one of the things that they're going to use against Mary is that Mary doesn't have adequate armor. And so, wait a second, he does. Next yeah. reason. So she arms him as best she can and sends him off with everyone as they ride to Edoras. And then at one point, I guess they like get to a point where they can pause and Mary looks around at the crowd of at the, the army. I almost said the crowd of soldiers. That's called an army. Good job. <laughs> he looks around like at the army. He makes eye contact with a young man Mary thought as he returned the glance less in height and girth than most. He caught the glint of clear gray eyes and then he shivered for it came suddenly to him that it was the face of one without hope who goes in search of death. Damn, that's dark. It's so sad. Yeah. And then they sing yeah. and then they sing a song that's also not exactly a hopeful song. It's like I know, right? The I last need to learn couple new tunes. Honestly, though, so it's the song is about them like marching off to war. And the last couple lines say, doom drove them on. Darkness took them horse and horsemen, hoofbeats afar, sank into silence. So the songs tell us. Yep. Oh, and it was indeed in a deepening gloom that the king came to Edoras. <laughs> so they're just like the most depressing army you ever done seen. Yes. And this is where Theoden is like, okay. Mary, I applaud you for your loyalty and your bravery. That's great. However, you, there is no way you can fight in battle. You are tiny. You will get killed. You can't even ride a horse on your own. And you would just slow down anyone, anyone else if you rode with them. So I'm sorry, but you have to stay here in Edoras and we're going to go off to battle. And yeah, and that's when he says that great line of... I release you from your service, but not yeah. from my friendship. Yeah, mm -hmm. so I don't... I mean, I don't think Theoden says it quite as condescending as that. But I do think it's like, Mary, if the war was here at Edoras you could fight in it but we have to ride we have to canter yeah. hundreds of miles on huge war horses and you cannot keep up and yeah, none of my exactly. riders none of their horses will be able to bear you as a burden which is yeah, just yeah. oh i don't think it's like oh theoden is being condescending towards him that was just like me simplifying it of being like mary honey you are a tiny child you cannot fight in this battle and it's cute that you think you can. Maybe someday when you're older. When you're bigger. I don't know. Oh. Um, so everyone goes off. And then, ho ho, what's this here? Unnoticed, a writer came up and spoke softly in the hobbit's ear. Where will once not, a way opens, so we say, he whispered. And so I have found myself. Mary looked up and saw that it was the young writer whom he had noticed in the morning. The writer says, hi, I'm Dernhelm, or so we believe, maybe. I don't know about that. Do you do you want me to take you? We can go together. Here, hop on my horse. I'll take you. Okay, but it's the opposite of that because it's like, get on my horse. I can take you. And Mary's like, okay, but wait, what's your name? And he's like, oh, Dernhelm. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's like everything else in the conversation happens first. Totally forgets the like introduction. Yeah. Mary's like, I don't even know your name. And they're like, I mean, uh, you can call me Dernhelm. Yeah. <laughs> Super casual. Tolkien me 
make sure to mention a couple times. Durnhelm was less in weight than many men, though lithe and well-knit in frame. Hmm, interesting that this mysterious writer, who is much smaller than the average man, showed up right after they left Eowyn by herself. Interesting. Yep, 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 yep. (laughs) I wonder. Obviously, what I'm getting at here is that, to me, it seems very obvious that this is Eowyn in disguise. And it makes me laugh because I'm like, Mary, you are so dumb. How do you not recognize that it is Eowyn? (laughs) Tolkien is not subtle. (laughs) How do you not recognize? Because not recognize he, her face, not recognize he looks the voice. Directly, they make direct eye contact, and they have like a full conversation when she is Eowyn, and then when she is Durnhelm. I'm assuming um, <laughs> they make direct eye contact because there was that moment that I just that I read out a couple minutes ago where it's like he makes eye contact with someone who has a total look of determination in their eyes and doesn't care if they live or die. And then here it is of of Mary being like, oh, interesting, a random soldier just showed up to help me. (laughs) How convenient. Oh, my God. What a conveniently located random soldier who is very helpful. Oh, it just makes me... And, like, I understand. There's no way that Tolkien could know about a lot of, like, cliches and fantasy and sci-fi and stuff. But it's definitely a cliche of like, a girl puts her hair into a hat and suddenly everyone is like, oh, that's a man. I mean, it's a cliche because he wrote it. But also like, it's a straight up trope. Thanks, Shakespeare. (laughs) Oh, that's true. Yeah. That, oh my God. That's another one that is so dumb. And this is gonna, maybe there's only like a small section of people who care about this. But in Twelfth Night, when freaking Viola dresses up as Sebastian and it's like, how do we how do we not make this connection? I don't know what you're talking about. Amanda Bynes was very convincing. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's the man. T- oh, that's a great movie. That was movie. so good. It's she's a great the man was movie. phenomenal. It was a work of art, um, in fact. The father podcast of this podcast, Bacon and Eggs, they reviewed She's the Man. And it's currently like towards the bottom of their ranking. And I was like, what? how dare you? <gasps> The I was so these are now like two of my best guy friends and I'm like I am but you so don't offended. get it you never went to a sleepover where you watch she's the man because like that's the context <laughs> that I have for it is like this was a go to sleepover movie for like literally through college <laughs> I just yeah it's just funny and it's harmless a, it's a good movie it's Which a good movie and the the ending where. They're doing the soccer game and it's set to Dirty Little Secret by All American Rejects. It's good. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, so the chapter ends with Durnhelm, <clears throat> Eowyn, and Mary riding off into the sunset. Except for just kidding, there is no sun. It's only darkness. Uh, just kidding. They well, they join they join the army, is what happens. They do. Yeah. The last paragraph of this chapter is so good. I already so closed good. my book. What is the last Okay. The last- <laughs> <laughs> I don't I know like, what crap, that is. I already closed it. Wait. <laughs> um, and so Theoden, or, and so, <laughs> take three. English is hard, especially the English way that Tolkien so wrote hard. it. It's unfair. We're going to get there, guys. <laughs> and so King Theoden departed from his own realm, and mile by mile, the long road wound away, and the Beacon Hills marched past. Kalenhad, Min Rimon, Aralus, 
Nardal, but their fires were quenched. All the lands were gray and still, and ever the shadow deepened before them, and hope waned in every heart. Talk about ending on a downer. Yeah. That's like oh, literally how so every good. chapter in in this book has ended so far. Because chapter one ended with, the darkness has begun, there will be no dawn. <laughs> and then yeah, that was, that chapter was two ended with, the next day there came no dawn and the gray company passed on into the darkness of the storm of Mordor and were lost to mortal sight, but the dead followed them. And then here we have, and hope waned in every heart. So I think it's safe to say no one's having a good time right now. Yeah, no, I think we've arrived at the suffering portion of the hero's journey. Yeah, definitely. I would say we kind of started that with the later half of Two Towers when it transitions to Frodo and Sam and Gollum. I was like, who are all these characters? Um, When they get to Mordor and it's just awful. Now it's like, all right, it's everyone else's turn to be miserable. Pretty much, that's where we are. Well, that brings us to the end of the chapter and uh, Woo, basically the end of the episode. Emmy, where can people find you on the internet? Nowhere. I live in a hole. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> so, guys, you can come and listen to So You Want to Read Tolkien, pretty much every major podcast distributor. Um, you can find us on Twitter at To Read Tolkien. You can find me on Twitter at Epic Emmy. Um, and you can find us on the internet at youwanttoreadtolkien.com. And then this is something that I've, I think I've forgotten to ask my past couple of guests. So I apologize for that. But anyway, um, is there something that you would recommend to uh, others, to listeners of the show who are like fantasy Lord of the Rings minded, something like a movie, a TV show, a book or something that you enjoy? Well, I'm a librarian, so the short answer is yes, and the long answer is how much time do you have? Um, Okay, no, so I have recently finished uh, Naomi Novik's. She has a book coming out this September, hopefully, if, you know, this pandemic doesn't go too deep into summer. It's called A Deadly Education, which is basically like if Hogwarts was full of a lot more carnivorous monsters like more than it currently has um and basically like you go to school and you're not allowed to leave until you graduate or you die in which case obviously like you don't leave but the school feeds on people and that sounds super dark and it is but it was really good and she has two other fantasy novels one is called uprooted and one is called spinning silver and they're these phenomenal um i would say eastern european polish is her uh ethnicity polish fairy tales um, and Spinning Silver particularly is like a Jewish retelling of Rumpelstiltskin, except better than I'm making it sound. Man, <laughs> talking about books no, is hard. No. My brain was like connecting the dots of like, oh, right, Rumpelstiltskin. That's the tale about like the girl who had to spin straw into gold. Okay, Spinning Silver. I got it. I got it. The, yeah. My like last two brain cells connecting those dots. <laughs> yeah. That's What I'm talking about is a proud member of WB&E. You can learn more about that by going to wbne.org. Good Lord, my brain. Uh, you should also listen to our newest addition to the network, Late to the Party. It's been a month, I think, maybe more. I don't know how much time has passed since it launched. So it's really kicking off and has got a great story going and it's very fun and you should listen to it. In a world not unlike our own. 
it is a balmy 80 degrees in Miami, Florida. I don't recall there being tieflings in Miami. Now, you know the hammer toss isn't an actual hammer, right? It is in this universe. Okay. No, it's a, it's a big old it's a big old hammer. It's a big old sledgehammer. Where magic and monsters run rampant. Oh, Jordan has showed us a diagram of, uh, I think, Red-Eyes Black Dragon from yeah. the Yu-Gi-Oh! Oh my god. <laughs> uh, well, I speak infernal, so... A real estate agent. Lily Davis sells real estate by day. A football coach. I love you. Don't touch my flowers. A failed actor. I am a former Broadway star. And a teenager. Sunny days. A student in college. Crazy, right? Must save the world. And you're waving your clipboard back and forth and... Do I feel my clipboard connect with something? Yes. Coming March 23rd to WBNE. Late to the party. The cover is by Graphite, a.k.a. Vaishan Brandon. You can support him on Instagram at graphite.vmb. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at TolkienAboutPod. And you can also join the Facebook group, which will be linked in the description. You can find me on Twitter at MCWhatsApp and Instagram at MCTurnDownForWhat. The sponsor for this week's episode is Mayor. At least I hope, I, I, I hope I'm saying that right because you are a new sponsor. Yay. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. I appreciate your support. It means a lot to me. So thank you for doing that. If you want to be a sponsor of the podcast or join another tier, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash Pod. I know URLs. And there is a new way that you can show your support for That's What I'm Tolkien About on wbne.org. It's called a super shout out. And this is a one-time payment for me to say whatever you want me to say on the show within reason, obviously, because I have morals and standards. Um, but there are options available for both individuals and businesses. So if you want to tell your girlfriend who listens to the podcast that you love her for the first time ever, oh boy, that's a really high standard for me to set. You can do that with a super shout out. If you have a small business, maybe you're an artist who is selling prints virtually because of all of this horribleness and you want me to help promote your art, you can do that with a super shout out. Um, maybe you just want to say that bagels are the best breakfast food, which I disagree with. I believe that's waffles, but I will say that if you get a super shout out, you can do that at wbne.org and click on the link in the top right to get your super shout out and send it on its way to me. Uh, so a couple weeks ago, the discussion question was, what was a the last time there was the finale, the final piece of a, of a series, a franchise or, or whatever that you were really excited about? A lot of people said Game of Thrones, that they were really excited for that finale. Um, <laughs> immediately <laughs> followed by like, well... I was really excited about yes. Game of Thrones, and it was awful. It was so good, and then I don't know what happened. <sighs> A lot of other people said they were excited for the rise of Skywalker. I haven't seen that, yeah. so I don't know. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> I love Star Wars. I the I, There were some things in the rise of Skywalker that I loved, and then there were some things where I was like, they really just picked the lowest hanging plot fruit they could. They weren't that creative, which is disappointing. Samuel on Facebook said that a finale that really was satisfying and did really good job, which I wholeheartedly agree with, is the Good Place finale. That was 
amazingly well done. I don't know if I've ever said it before on this pod. Like I've said it before to multiple other people, but in my mind, The Good Place is an example of a very perfectly to a T crafted and created show where they weren't just being renewed over and over again and having to come up with new stories to drag it out. They had a cohesive story that they set out to tell and they told it and the finale absolutely crushed me the wave returns to the ocean where it came from um so that's fun one more taylor in discord said allegiant which is the final book of the divergent series uh and i was like oh my god Yes. So I read the first two Divergent books like a couple months before the final one uh, was going to be released. The first two books are really great. It's a great like there's a reason they made the they made it into a, a movie. It's a good story. And then the last book is god awful and ruins it all. So <laughs> well, I just so from a structure standpoint, one, I agree with you. But two, anytime you have a series where one character has the entire POV, and then in the last book, you're like, this other character has a POV because they're important. You're like, no, it's because the other one's gonna die. Yeah. We know. You're not. Yeah. Th- that's not subtle. Like, we know. For anyone who has not read the Divergent books, Skip to give them. you like a, a point of view of how bad Allegiant was, is they just didn't make the movie. They like very unnecessarily split it into two parts, I think, or something. I don't know. But it didn't end the way that the book ended, and I was like, that's not right. And then I walked out of the theater and looked it up, and it was like, a part two will be coming soon. And then they just never made it <laughs> because that's how bad it was. Yeah, it didn't make any money. Yeah, they were planning to do like a made-for-TV thing for it even, and even that didn't work out. So anyway. They set the bar really low and still dropped it. So thank you to everyone who provided your answers to that question. This week's discussion question is, I don't know. <laughs> I don't I couldn't come up with one and I asked right before I hopped on our Skype call to record I was in a Google Hangout with um fans of Bacon and Eggs podcast and we were having a Google Hangout and I was like hey guys what should be the discussion question for this and they said uh what's your favorite condiment because I said mustard of Rohan so that's all I got do you have a suggestion for a better discussion question (laughs) oh god All I can think of are like, have you baked any bread? (laughs) No, I cannot think of anything. You know what? Everyone just tell us, tell us like what foods you're eating. Let's just do that. Because there we go. Because Mary is like us and he is surrounded by all this gloom and doom and he's sad and depressed. And you know what he did? He went to eat his feelings away. So tell tell me what you're eating these days. Okay. (laughs) Yes. No, that's great. That's perfect. That's that's the question. That's the question. So, yeah. Love it. Um, I will do my best to post that question on all of the social medias. Sometimes I'm not good at posting on all of the social medias. So that's just why you <laughs> should be a part of all of them, because you never know which one I'm going to post about. On. <laughs> never know where you're going to be. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, do you have any parting words for the listeners? Stay healthy, stay safe, stay home. That's really it. (laughs) And that's what I'm talking about.